Welcome to Northgate Christian Fellowship's weekly message series. And now, here is Senior Pastor Ken Jensen. Um, we are in week four of our series, A Life with Purpose, and, and it's all about discovering your why. Um, your why in life, the big, big why, which is why did God put me on this earth? And I believe that every one of us in this room has a why. And I want to help you discover it. And, and Paul, we looked at this in week one, said the key to all of this is you've got to change the way that you think. You've got to change the way that you look at life. In Romans 12, he says, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. That good, pleasing, and perfect will, that's your life purpose. But you've got to think differently and so that's what this whole series is all about is helping you think differently it is a lifelong journey and and some of you i said all along some of you know this stuff but you're in a different season in life and now you're asking so what does it look like for me now for some of you never given this any thought at all i hope to be your guide through these five weeks and if you've missed any of these please go back and and watch them on our website um Go online, you can do that with us. And, and my hope is that not just everybody here in this room uh, in Benicia, but those of you on our Vallejo campus, and even those of you who are watching online, that you would be able to discover your life purpose, the why, the big why. And we talked about it because what it's going to do is it's going to help you define your core values, the things that matter most. And it's the thing that's going to give your life passion and meaning. And it's going to be the thing that will sustain you when you feel like giving up, when you just feel like quitting, when you know your life purpose, it'll give you all of those things. And, and those core values that you're going to find for yourself, those are actually the core values that we have as a church family. This whole thing came out of why do we exist? What is our why as a church? And we said in week one, it starts with your relationship with God because he made you, he created you, he knows what's best for you, he loves you. And so getting in a relationship with him is the very first step because he's the one that authored your why. But then you need, you need other people around you and that's what it means to be a part of a grace-filled community where we can learn and discover together on our own. And then last week we talked about a very important part of it is how God shapes your purpose and very often he does it through life experiences. And we talked about kind of graphing out your life and those life-changing moments, those things that redefine who you are. And, and I gave you my example. I hope you went home this week and kind of graphed out your own life and seen how God has been at work in the highs and the lows of your life because that's all part of shaping his, pur- your, his purpose in you and your purpose for him. Now, today we're going to look at one more aspect of it, and this kind of gets down to the nitty-gritty. Because this whole idea of finding your life purpose is not something you do just by listening to, an asser- to a sermon or taking a class. I, I can be your guide, but, but it's really going to be up to you. And today we're going to get into the whole idea of, okay, where do, I, where do I jump into this whole thing? And it has to do with understanding God has given you all that you need to fulfill your life purpose, but now you need to start putting it to use. Because the way that you're really going to find this and the way that you're going to do this is by experimenting. It's going to be experiments and experiences. And those two things, as you go through life, and we looked at experiences last week, they were going to talk about experiencing. How do you start putting this in? Because you're going to truly discover your life purpose as you begin to live it out. 
And that's how it gets refined. So we're going to look at a passage of scripture. Um, There's two elements to it. I I almost forgot this. And we've said it before, but I want you to be able to write these things down. Because when you define your life purpose, it's going to have two elements to it. The first is, it's your contribution. Because your life purpose is not about you. It's about what you are here to contribute. That's going to be a part of it. It's going to be your contribution to the lives of others. And the second part of it is the difference that it's going to make. That you have a contribution to make in this world, and it's going to impact other people's lives. And so those two things, as we go through it, and next week I'm going to actually help you kind of really be able to write it out. But today we're going to be talking about experiences using what God gave you. And, and it goes to one more of our, of our uh, core values as a church is to live generous lives. Because this is where you give back. This is your contribution. So, Matthew 25, we're going to look at a very familiar passage. If you grew up in Sunday school, if you grew up in church, you've probably heard this a number of times. And I'm really not going to dig much into the story, but I want to highlight a few things that just really stood out to me this week as I was thinking about this and preparing this and, and studying for it. So, beginning in Matthew 25, verse 14, Jesus is saying, this is what the kingdom of God is like. This is what it means to be a follower of me. He says, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five bags of gold went out and put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received the one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share in your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come, share in your master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you've not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvested where I have not sown and gathered where I have not scattered seed? Well, then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Now, it's a familiar parable, familiar story. And I want to kind of dig in just the very beginnings of it because Like I said, the only way you're really going to discover your life purpose is if you actually start to live it out. That's how it happens. And God has given you everything that you need. He has provided you all that you need to be able to fulfill your life purpose. Like I said, he created you. He loves you. He knows what's best for you. He has given you all of these things. So when it comes to that making that contribution, then it means how am I using the resources he gave me? And there's a couple, three of them that I'm going to give to you this morning. The first is that God has given to you certain resources, material, financial resources. And he says, use your resources to support your purpose. God has given to every one of us 
a certain amount of material resources, financial resources. And some of us in this room are five baggers. <laughs> some of us in this room are two baggers. Some of us in this room are one baggers. Some of us in the room feel like we're no baggers, but the truth is every one of us has been given a certain amount of financial and material resources, and it was given to us to be put to use. That's the point of the whole story. It says that they, uh, one ba- to one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag. But every one of them was given that to be put to use. The whole reason that the last servant was chastised was because he did nothing. The whole point was, I have given this to you. This is my stuff. I'm giving it to you. Now put it to work. And God has given each of us those material resources so that we would put them to work. Now for Betty and I, for our family, one of the things that first and foremost, whatever we do, when it comes to giving back to God's work, we have always, no matter what church we've been a part of, we have always made our church family number one priority because I believe in the local church. And and I believe that is a big part of my purpose, not because I'm a pastor, but because I'm simply a Christ follower. And God has chosen to do his work in this world through his church. He designed it. He created it. You and I are a part of something bigger, his purpose. And for Betty and I, that has always been first and foremost where we give back. But that's not the only place that we give back. We have other ministries that we support. We have other causes that we very much believe in, that this is part of how God has equipped us to be able to serve. Walk for Water is one of those for us. Um, Sponsoring orphans is another one. There's others. But the idea is God has given you resources, but your resources are to be put to use. So here's the deal. Jesus said it this way. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. In other words, your heart will always follow your treasure. Your heart will always follow your treasure. Always. That, that will never change. And the best way that you can see where your heart is, is where does your money go? Where do your resources go? Because that's a real good indicator. Now, the big question that I have for you today is, do your resources truly reflect your purpose? Because if it's all going to you, then you have missed your purpose. Because you are not your life purpose. (laughs) It's your contribution that's your life purpose. So it's a really good indicator. The other thing that it is, it's a really good redirector. Because if I say, I wish I had more of a heart for missions, or I really feel that God has placed me on this to support this or that, or whatever it might be, to be a part of this, whatever it might be, then I need to start redirecting my finances that way so that my heart will follow it. And that's the big deal. He's given us those resources for that purpose because we serve a good and generous God. Everything that you have, everything that I have comes from him. James 1 puts it this way. Every good and perfect gift, every, every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. You might feel like you're a no-bagger, but you are. If you are alive, that is a gift, and God has given it to you. And those resources are meant to be directed that way. Um, A a couple of years ago, I guess it was, my wife read this book. 
I don't even remember the title of the book, but it had something about purging and cleaning out and simplifying your life. And, and the idea behind it was this, is like go through your closet and pull out things. And, and maybe something, and if you haven't worn it in the last six months, pull it out and, and maybe it brought joy to you. So stand there, hold it and say, this dress once gave me joy, but it's time is done. It's time to pass it on which is a great idea. And she started going. She started going through the house, purging not just her clothes. She was purging all kinds of stuff. When she got to my T-shirt collection, it was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I will do my own purging. Thank you very much, okay? But here's what she did. And she continues to do it to this day. There's this thing online called Benicia Bargains. Some of you might know about it. What you can do is you can take your used stuff, put it on a website, and people who want it can buy it from you. So what they do is she puts it on there. She says, you know, but this is what she's asking for. Somebody says, I'll give you that for that. Put it out on your front porch. They come pick it up, stick the money under your doormat. And, they go. and what she does is she takes that money and that now goes to the dollar club. Because these are resources that we don't need. We've used them. It's time to pass them on to somebody else and let them have that joy. And then we can give back to God. See, and you, the, here's the thing. You have far more material resources than you think. Because it's not just the money, not just the income. You have a home, a place that you live that could be used towards your purpose. You have a car, more than likely, that could be used toward your purpose. Jeff Schoenbogger, I picked this book up a number of years ago, but it's, it's been one of those life-changing books for me. It's, the title of the book is simply More or Less. And... Um, it, the subtitle is Choosing a Lifestyle of Excessive Generosity. And he said this all happened for him almost by accident kind of thing. He had been thinking about it, but he began to realize um, you know, that we, we have way more than we need. And it, it actually happened sort of by accident because one Christmas season they got a little overboard on the gift giving. And it came to January and they realized they had bills bigger than they could pay. So it's like, okay, we got to do some belt tightening. And so they figured out, okay, we can, you know, we're not going to do this. We're not going to go out. We're not going to do all these other things. But they were still like a couple hundred dollars short of what they needed to be able to pay off all their bills. And so he came up with this idea. He says, you know what? We have like food in the house that we, we haven't eaten. Let's see if we can go for a full month without buying, without going to the grocery store, without buying any other food. And he writes about it this way. He says, and so it began. Our first intentional organized social experiment. We started with the meats in the freezer. And when mixed with a bag of rice and steamed veggies, we felt proud of our healthy meal. This is doable, we thought. After three days, we ran out of all the fresh vegetables and fruits. So we started digging deeper. We had three boxes of corn muffins. We worked together with some chili. Deeper. We found five freezer-burned lean cuisine dinners at the bottom of the freezer. Deeper. Two boxes of brownies and a cake mix were a delight for me. We got to the bottom of the freezer and found a package of six frozen unbaked loaves of bread. Score! We baked all of them. One loaf would last a few days and then we'd put another one in the oven. We ran out of butter for the bread and eventually worked our way through all the olive oil. We ate canned soup, more canned soup, spaghetti, noodles with no sauce, <laughs> the last box of macaroni and cheese, canned tuna. With, and and some, at some point in the process, I realized we had not actually ever seen the back of the cupboard before that moment. We found some small bottles of Mott's apple juice, more canned soup, jello, and ramen. Ramen noodles, they never go bad, right? 
Oh, and, and, and about every, we found 20 pack, little packets of Kool-Aid. And then we made pancakes three times. We had committed to grow, going a month without grocery shopping. At the end, we had lasted seven weeks without going to the grocery store once. Also, I think I gained about seven pounds from all the starches and carbohydrates we ate. I wouldn't recommend eating this way, but this small experience helped us realize to evaluate the food excess we already owned without even realizing it. And this simple, actionable social experiment launched this journey to define what was enough for our lives. We had nearly two months of groceries sitting in our kitchen pantry and didn't even know it. God has given to you and me so that we would be givers. 1 Corinthians 9.8 says, God will generously, generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. So that's my question. How are your material resources fulfilling your purpose? Because that's one of the things that God has given to you. Something else he has given to you is abilities. God has given you certain abilities. So you're to use your abilities to serve your purpose. Along with the resources, he's given you these abilities. This, I had never known, I, I had read it before, but it never hit me. It hit me this week as I was looking at this passage again. Back to Matthew 25, verse 15. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Every one of us in this room have certain abilities. We all have them. Every one of us. And again, some of us might feel like we are five-bag abilities. <laughs> some of us are two-bag ability people. And some of us maybe are just one-bag abilities. But every one of us have abilities. And they kind of break down into three different categories, if I would. The first has to do with your talents. And this is important that you take an assessment of all of this. Romans 12, 3 puts it this way. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. So here's what I want you to do. Take out your piece of paper, take out your notes, or if you're doing it um, through the app or however you want to do that, if just open the notes app in your uh, iPhone. I want to just read, I'm going to read through a list of talents and abilities because that's where it starts with your talents are part of those abilities. Talents and skills. These are the things that God gave you at birth. They are the things that come naturally to you, or they are skills that you have picked up along the way that you just easily picked up. And I've got a huge list here, and this is not an exhaustive list. But what I would like you to do is I go through this list, write down any of these things that, you know what, I've got a talent for that, or I've got, the, I've got that skill. Some of us have musical talents, and it might be singing or instrumental, but music is one of our talents. Some of us have talents in public speaking. Others would be scared to death to stand up in front of a group of more than two people. But some of us have that talent and ability. Some of us have writing talents. Some of us have management talents. Some of us have critical thinking and planning talents. Some of us are great at research. Some of us are great artists in drawing or photography or videography or graphics. Some of us have skills in woodworking, building and construction and carpentry. Some of us have great senses of humor. You just got a talent for making other people laugh. Some of us... Tell a joke and everybody goes, I don't get it. (laughs) But some of us have it. It just comes naturally, all right? Some of us are very imaginative and have creativity. Some of us are innovative. 
Some of us are great troubleshooters. Some of us have high intellectual and, and academic skills. Some of us are great at managing money. Others are great at cooking or baking, teaching or training. Some of us are great at negotiating. Some of us had leadership abilities and skills. Some of us are great at strategic planning. Some of us are great at future planning and thinking. Some of us are great at financial planning. Some of us have the ability to inspire other people. Some of us have great acting and dramatic skills and gifts. Some of us have great storytelling skills, communication skills. Some of us are great with technology and electronics. Man, you can, you, you know, somebody's having trouble with their computer, you can, you can fix it like that. It just comes naturally to you. Some of you have just are great computer programming. Some of us are very detailed. Some of us are logistical thinking. Some of us have athletic abilities. Some of us are great with people skills and human resources. Some of us are great at managing meetings. Some of us have an, a talent and a knack to be able to pick up multiple languages and be able to speak them fluently. Some of us have that skill. Some of us are great at conflict resolution. Some of us have mechanical and maintenance. Some of us are great at metalwork and welding. Some of us are great at gardening. I mean, the list could go on and on and on. But I want you to just, if any of those popped out at you, those are just natural talents and skills that you either have come naturally to you or you've just adapted and and picked up along the way real easily. What I'd like you to do is pick the top three and circle those. Those are the talents God gave you at birth. Now, on top of that, God has also given to anyone who is a Christ follower spiritual gifts. These are not the natural talents, okay? These are divinely given gifts of the Holy Spirit that God gives to believers. Those who put their faith in Him, God not only saves you, He equips you for ministry. They are divinely given. They are to be used for ministry, which is a part of your purpose. So let me give you a list. There's at least... 24 of them listed in scripture at least 24 might even be more but there's 24 that are very very clear let me give you this list starting in romans 12 some of us have the gift of prophecy or the gift of serving or teaching or exhortation the gift of giving the gift of leadership the gift of mercy in his letter to the corinthian church paul in his first letter first corinthians 12 adds a couple more word of wisdom Word of knowledge, word of faith, gifts of healing, miracles, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues, miracles, healings, helps, administration. Those are some more. Ephesians chapter 4, a couple more. The gift of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. He said there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service. Same Lord, there are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. God is at work in your life, and he has gifted you with ministry gifts to be used in fulfillment of your purpose. So again, I went through that list. Any of those that stood out to you? Now, how do you find those? But we do have a class called Finding Your Fit. It's actually going to be offered in a couple of weeks at the end of this month. Um, October 28th, it's a, it's a Saturday morning seminar. You can sign up through it through Northgate U. And we encourage you to do that. If you don't even know where to start, you'll go, because I'm just hitting the surface on this stuff. But you'll get a little bit more understanding about all of that, okay? 
Um, if you're at the Vallejo campus, we're also going to be offering it to you. It's going to be two weeks because it's going to be on the Sundays following the Sunday service. So on October 29th or an, and November 5th, you can take part there. But the idea is you kind of get an idea of what these gifts look like, what those talents look like. But the real way that it happens is you start practicing them. One of the ways to find your gifts is where have I been able to be a difference in somebody else's life? Where have I been able to make a contribution that really made a difference? One more thing when it comes to abilities, and it has to do with your personality. Your personality is also part of the abilities because your personality is going to kind of determine how you do what you do with what God's given you. And that's the another part of it. Let me give you a few more. Uh, those of you who've taken Myers-Briggs tests, okay? Maybe you've done that. I've, given, I've taken and given tons of personality tests. But here, some of us are introverts and some of us are extroverts. So you might have the gift of teaching, but you're not a large, large crowd teacher. You're more of a one-on-one teacher. The gift matches your personality. Some of us are very intuitive. Just things just kind of, I have a hunch and it always seems to be right. Where others of us are more reasoned and we think things through. Some of us are thinkers. Some of us are feelers. Some of us tend to be pretty nervous. Others of us are dead calm and composed all the time. Some of us are very self-disciplined. Others are impulsive. Some of us are very highly sympathetic. And some of us, our personality just doesn't go that way. We tend to be a little indifferent. Some of us have very strong, dominant personalities. Some of us have more pliant, compliant, and passive personalities. But your personality is also a part. So I just read through a few of those. Which of those describe you and your personality? Your top three. And just if you could take the top three of each of those categories, that will give you a better idea of the abilities that God has given to you. And there's one more thing, and maybe you've never thought about this one, but something else that God has given to every one of us in this room is time. (laughs) Time is one of the things that God has given you to fulfill your purpose. Along with the resources and with the abilities, use your time to fulfill your purpose. Because the truth is, every one of us in this room have no idea how much time we have. None of us know how much time we have. And, and, and if you read that story again, it says that, that the master gave these things, but he never gave them a time frame. It just said that he went away. And then it comes back in verse 19. It says, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. They had no idea how much time they had. And if you read the story, the, the five bad guy and the two bad guy went at once and started making their investments. Because they didn't know how much time they had. You don't know how much time you have. But your time is a huge asset. In fact, in some cases, it's like one of your most valuable assets because you don't have enough of it. Because we get so busy with the things that are urgent that we forget the things that are important. It happened to me this week. I forgot my mom's birthday. Yes. What kind of son are you? Her birthday was Monday. I had it on my calendar. A week ago, I knew my mom's birthday is Monday. I got to send a card. I never got around to sending a card. I got to give her a phone call on Monday. I totally forgot. Worse, my parents called me on Wednesday. We had a whole conversation 
And not once did I say, oh, by the way, mom, happy birthday. Sorry, I missed it. Yeah. Shame on me. And then Wednesday night, my sister texted me. She said, did you remember mom's birthday was Monday? And I went, oh. So first thing Thursday morning, I called and I had to apologize, not just for missing her birthday, but for having a whole conversation with her and not even saying, I love you and happy birthday. I have to do penance now. <laughs> They're coming up next weekend. I have to take my mom to lunch and my dad because I've got to you know, make up maybe for Father's Day too. I don't know. But, but the whole idea is you only have so much time. So use your time to fulfill your purpose. Again, God didn't give you all this time to waste on yourself. It's about your contribution. Paul urges us with this. He says, be very careful then how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. See, that's what time represents. Time represents opportunities. And you have opportunities all the time. But if you're so busy on all your other stuff, you're going to miss the opportunity. He says, don't be foolish. Understand what the Lord's will is. Again, that's what your purpose is all about. The Lord's will. God's purpose for your life. He says, be smart about this. Be smart about this. Make use of the opportunities. Make use of your time. Walk for water is a great thing. Great example of that. Okay? You can give 30 minutes of a Saturday and change lives on another part of this world. It's a very simple thing. But if you miss the opportunities, you're going to miss your life purpose. So here's another question for you. How much of your time do you devote to your purpose? How much time do you give to something bigger than yourself? Don't be unwise. Be wise. Make the most of every opportunity. And if you do that, you begin to discover your life purpose. Because that's the thing will start energizing you. Galatians chapter 6. Again, it's another letter of Paul's, this time to a church in Galatia. He said, let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity. See, time is opportunity. As we have opportunity, let us do good to all people especially those who belong to the family of believers. Your purpose will be fulfilled when you begin to put to use the things that God gave you, when you begin to put to use the resources he's given you, the abilities that he's given you, and the time that he's given you. Because here's the thing. The only way, the only way that our church is able to provide the number of ministries that we do around here is because people are generous with their abilities. It's the only way it happens. People are generous with their abilities, their serving gifts. And the only way that we can make a difference in our community is when people are generous with their time. And the only way we make an impact in this world is if you and I are generous with our resources. And as a pastor, I will tell you, because I've thought a lot about this, my own life purpose. Next week, I'm going to talk to you about this, what that looks like, and how you can actually write it down. And it'll be a guide for the rest of your life. But part of my purpose and my goal as a pastor is this. 
that everybody in my church, everybody that I have contact with, everybody that I can somehow influence, that you and I would be able to come to the end of our lives and hear the words of the Master, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your Master. Would you bow your heads for a moment? And let me turn this over to our Vallejo campus host to walk you through this time. I say it every week. God's word is to be acted on, to have an impact. There's a response. So here's the question that I'm asking you today. What are you doing with your one and only life? Are you fulfilling your purpose? The reason God put you on this planet Or are you just frittering it all away on yourself? God put you here to make a contribution, to make a difference. And maybe for some of us here today, the question is all about my material resources. What am I doing with my material resources? The things that God has provided me, what am I doing with them that is helping fulfill my purpose? And maybe for you it's a decision about your material goods or your finances. For some of us, Maybe it's about using your abilities, your gifts, and your talents, and your time. And maybe, maybe it's just a decision to say, God, you've given me some real talents here. You've given me some things that I I think I could use to make a difference. And I've not been doing that. And today I'm going to start getting involved in using those things for your kingdom's sake. And your time. Are you using your time to fulfill your purpose? And that doesn't mean you don't get times to rest. It doesn't mean you don't ever get a time to enjoy yourself. But, but the focus of how you use your time, that's the question. And wherever God is speaking to you, and maybe some of you are saying, well, two out of three. I got two out of three. That's good. No, 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 no. You're not fulfilling your purpose with two out of three. It's all three. And maybe today, in one area, or maybe overall, it's just it said, you know what, God? I need to start giving back. And here's what I'm going to do. By your strength, by your power, I'm making that decision today. And whatever that might be, however God's speaking to your heart, if he is speaking to you about any one of those, or in any other way, that it's just time to live differently, think differently, start giving back. If you're willing today to say, okay, Lord, I will do that. In this area of my life, I will do that. Would you just raise your hand? Raise it up high. Look up. Catch me in the eye. Because I want you to know I'm going to pray for you that you would be able to follow through on that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Now, maybe you're here today, and it starts with your relationship with God. Because pretty much you've been living your life for yourself. God loves you. 
He created you for something bigger, something more. So much so that He gave His one and only Son to die on a cross so that you could be reunited with Him and start living out His purpose for your life. And if you've never done that, today you can take a very first step of faith and it's just willing to admit, God, I've been doing this all on my own and i got enough failure and mistakes and sin that i proven to me I can't do this on my own. Today I'm letting go. I need your forgiveness, but I also need your power to live a life of purpose. And today I'm taking that step for the very first time. Same thing, would you just raise your hand, hold it up high, let me see you, acknowledge you, because I want to lead you in a prayer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, let's make this your prayer. And whether it's a first-time prayer or a renewal or a new area of your life, it's just simply this, God, I want my life to count. I want to live a significant, meaningful life. And doing it on my own and doing it for myself, I know is not the answer. So today I'm giving up. And for some of us, Lord, that's a first-time decision to just simply say, I give up. Lord, forgive me. Give me that new direction for my life. And for some of us, it's a particular area of our lives that we're just saying, God, I've been holding out and saving this for me. And it's not fulfilling. It is not meaningful. Today, I'm giving back this part of my life. And I pray, God, that you would take us all where we're at and give us that great desire to do something significant with our lives, wherever that might be, not in our own strength, but in yours because we are entrusting it all to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We trust that you'll join us again soon for another uplifting message from Northgate Christian Fellowship located in Venetia, California.